0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business
1: Radio. Now, here your Business Radio X host. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. This is Colleen Edwards-Chesley, and you are listening to Women in Leadership, the show by Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast that is sponsored by Pensacola Business Radio X. I am so excited to be in the studio today. I've got two great guests. But before I get to them, I do want to remind our audience just a few things about Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. If you are in the Pensacola area and the Gulf Breeze area as well, you are invited to take advantage of the services that we offer and some of the different programs that we do. Our goal with Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast is to promote, advance, and improve women in business and we love to support them in a number of different ways. We hold monthly networking meetings both in Pensacola and in Gulf Breeze that are that are attended by great women in business that share their information, get to know each other, build up mentoring relationships and just create a an arena for women to come together and grow. We also have our print magazine that has been out for a little while now and um, you can read in the magazine stories of successful women and also see the different events that we put on as well. So we we encourage you to pick up one of those magazines wherever you find them. We do the Women in Leadership shows here on Pensacola Business Radio X, and we're so grateful to be able to do that as well. And then we also have a course that we just started last year called Power Up. We had our first class this last week. We met on Monday, and we also met on Thursday. And Going forward, we're just going to hold a Thursday class, but Power Up is a great way to build business information. It's open to men and women, and you don't have to be a member of Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast to attend. We do a number of different courses. It's actually 12 different courses that we go through, and last night's course was on work-life balance, which I'll talk to Alyssa a little bit about this when we get into, into what she does, but I'm a believer that we don't necessarily or it's difficult today to achieve actual work-life balance. So when I think about it, I think of terms more like work-life integration. How do you integrate the work and the the personal activities that you want to do? And as busy women, we've got a lot of things going on. So how do you manage your calendar? How do you prioritize? How do you do to-do lists or time blocking? Different tools that might be helpful for anyone in business to help themselves be more efficient and maximize their opportunities. So that's an example of what we did in Power Up last night. We'll be doing class number two next week, which is one of my favorite classes because I get to talk about a tool that I love called Evernote. And we go through a lot of information about Evernote. We also go through different concepts on shared drives and how you can actually build up a more of a mastermind group with different people and share information on a consistent basis. So we'd encourage you to check that out. You can find us on our website at PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com, or you can find us on Facebook under Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. The last thing I want to talk about is we have a conference coming up. I'm really excited about this year's conference. We've got a great keynote speaker we're bringing in from Chicago. Her name is Dr. Mary Beth Kuzmeski, and her presentation is called Standing Up and Stepping Out as a Woman in Business. And I'm really excited because she's a marketing strategist and she's going to teach us some great tools on ways that we can tell our story. How do we position our business and what it is that we do and communicate that to the audience that we want to attract for our business. So I'm really excited to have Mary Beth coming. It, the conference will be on October 19th. It's held right here in Pensacola at Sanders Beach Community Center. We have opened registration, so you can go ahead and go to our website and purchase your tickets. We also are going to feature three local community leaders in what we call PED Talks. I know Lynn that's here today is a big advocate of TED Talks. So it's a very similar concept to TED Talks. We happen to call it PED Talks, which stands for professional and executive development. And this year, our panel of speakers are going to be Quint Studer, Sue Strawn, and also Andrea Krieger. And I'm really excited to hear the information that they're going to be bringing to us. I got the program description from our one of our speakers already, and I'm just really excited about her program. It's Andrea Krieger. She is the Executive Director of Institutional Development at Pensacola State College Foundation. And her program is actually titled, You Choose, Motivated by Fear, Inspired by Excellence. No one can be a better you. And what she's going to talk about is, is her philosophies of, is fear really negative or is in, and is inspiration positive? If you get sweaty palms each time you have to present to an audience, if you get butterflies when you have to pitch an idea and make a sale, or if you spend additional hours ensuring your work is perfect before you hand it in, are these indications of fear or these indications of inspiration? Is one good and the other one bad? Both fear and inspiration can reap excellence, but there can be diverse consequences on individuals depending on how the motivation is viewed. This presentation is going to discuss whether it's better to strive for excellence or fear failure. When inspiration is founded in a belief that no one can be a better you, possibilities are unlimited. So I'm really excited to hear Andrea's presentation in addition to the other the other speakers as well for the conference. So if you'd like to access more information, definitely go to our website page, go to or go to our website under the conference, go to our Facebook page. We also started a new Facebook uh, group or a, a page that you can like that's just called Pursue Your Passion Conference. So if you want to get just the information about the conference, you can access it there. And we're also very excited because we donate 80% of our conference proceeds to Gulf Coast Kids House. So this year the project that they're going to focus on with our donation is a better security system for the kids' house. They do employ the majority of their employees are women. And they do have to deal with unfortunately some tense situations when they're when they're having to step into to an issue that has to do with child neglect or child abuse. Um, as well. So we want to make sure that they are very protected. The Pensacola Police Department actually did a walkthrough with them this year and recommended that they get ballistic film across the front of their entire building. I couldn't imagine being in a business where somebody recommends ballistic film across the front of their building. So we want to make sure we can try try to help them with that and at least try to really beef up their security at the kids' house. All right, now I'm going to go ahead and get into our guest today. I'm super excited. We've got two fabulous women here today. These are both members of Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, and you can definitely check out our membership options on the website or come to one of our meetings and hear about how you become a member. So the first one I want to introduce is Lynn Varant. Lynn is the owner founder of the Movement Clinic, and she's going to talk about exactly what it is in her business. Lynn when somebody asks you what you do, how do you, how do you respond to them?
2: Well, that's something that I've been kind of evolving as I started the business. And my initial response is to say that I'm a physical therapist and a personal trainer. But a lot of times people think either I come to a PT physical therapist if I'm hurt or I go to a personal trainer if I'm just trying to get stronger. And what I found is that really what I try to do is help people transform their lives through better movement. So, For example, if you're starting a new program, you're starting, you want to train for a race or you want to start playing a new sport, do you have the tools to move better so that you can enjoy that sport without getting hurt? Or again, if you've been hurt, how do you continue to do your sport, which contributes to making your life better without re-injuring yourself? So kind of taking much more of a holistic approach to wellness and helping you have a better life by simply just looking at how well you move and how we can improve it. So that's awesome. I love Lynn. I remember when we first met and we had a one-to-one meeting and you
1: told me a story about a woman who was somebody that was not a, you know, a sports and athlete, somebody that didn't really do a lot of physical excursion, excursion, um, whatever that word is. (laughs) But um, she came to you because she just realized over time she was getting weaker and weaker. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I don't know if you remember that story, but um, it was about her lifting things into like her... Van or something.
2: Right. Tell that story. What was so that? It was really I remember simply, it was powerful. Yeah. So it was very simply the fact that over the course of time, she would occasionally have back pain. And what we realized was that um, when she would be really busy or she was you know, doing a lot more activity, she, her pain would flare up, which sometimes may have to do with stress. But one of the simple things that I found is if you just change certain activities in your life that you can help mitigate or minimize the risk of of re-injuring yourself. And what we found really simply was that she, every time she would carry a bunch of groceries into the house, she would try to force herself to carry them all together at the same time. And at her door, she would have to carry all the groceries, put them back on the floor, and then pick them all up again and then get inside the door. And one suggestion that I made was simply to put a table right by the doorway so that she wouldn't have to bend down and pick up those groceries. She could just set them on the table. And then when she was ready to get in the door, she could pick them back up and move in. It was a small change, but it was something that she did every day when she would go grocery shopping. And she said, you know, simply just by doing that, she felt like her back started to feel better. So I do try to just find different ways that in your everyday life, you can make changes that would help you to not have that pain. So, yeah.
1: I thought that was such a cool story because I believe that I think we are creatures of habit, exactly. and um, one of the big books that that is one of my top ten books is called The Slight Edge. It's mm. from Jeff Olson, okay. and it's all about just doing, just changing your daily routine slightly can create huge changes down the road. So mm-hmm. you're not going to go from Unhealthy to healthy overnight, exactly. But it's some of those little things that we're doing consistently that can create huge changes much further down the line. And I would believe it's the same in how
2: we walk and how we we move on a daily basis, right? Exactly. I think a really common thing that all of us can relate to is um, we most of us sit for work, so our posture tends to be pretty poor. And by sitting, you tend not to use your core, or your trunk muscles as effectively. And so they shut down. And then when you do things that require you to have improved core stability, or just to use those muscles, they don't know how to turn on anymore. And then we wonder why we get hurt. So just, I just basically I'll tell everybody just from who people everyday active or runners that if they could just improve how they stand and sit all throughout the day, That can simply improve their um, ability to perform, whether it's in sports or everyday life, without a doubt. See, and I think that's so true. My husband had ACL
1: surgery about a year, year, maybe it's been about two years now, and it took him a long time to get back to... To what he would call normal. But one of the things that was really interesting about him is that he does not walk correctly. And I've had him go to somebody and, and actually analyze the way that he walks. And sure enough, he's not using the right muscles when he's walking. And you would think that's an easy thing. We learn how to walk when we're one year old. Um, but who really watches us throughout life and makes sure we're still doing that correctly? And it's really interesting. When over the Fourth of July holiday, we were down in South Florida visiting my brother, and my brother and I have had a, a a tough relationship over the years. But now he has kids, so I tolerate him to to hang out with his kids. <laughs> um, and his um his oldest is now playing baseball, and it's super cute because he had on the baseball shirt with Edwards as the last name, and and that's my maiden name, so it's still you know kind of you know, significant for me. And he was walking away from the ball field with his dad, my brother, with his shirt on that said Edwards on the back. And then Alex was, my husband was walking next to them. And I just thought it was a cool, sweet moment to see like the two shirts that said Edwards on the back. And then my husband was there too. And I just took a picture of them walking away. And I just thought, you know, in the moment, it was like something that was just significant, you know, for me. But later on, when I um, looked at the picture, what I noticed was my brother and I caught him mid stride. And my brother's foot, you can see he's doing the heel and then toe Mm -hmm. kind of part where he's got his heel down first. But Alex, my husband, is walking right next to him. And I caught him the same kind of stride, except he had his toe down first. That's huge. Well, it was. And I showed him that picture and I said, I said, Alex, you're not, you're still not walking correctly. Mm -hmm. And and, and the look on his face, he was shocked because he doesn't, he believes he walks correct. So Mm -hmm. how would, what, what I know with my husband, it's created um knee issues and hip issues and stuff like that. But how significant is something like a tiny little thing like how we walk? Right.
2: Well, you know, so a lot of times I'll meet people that have had an injury. For instance, for example, I tore my meniscus and the first thing I'll last was did something happen? Did you fall or did some you know, did you get hit? And typically no, it's just all of a sudden it happened. Well, the parts of our body are meant to last for quite some time until you're significantly older. So if you're in your thirties and forties and fifties And having those kinds of injuries and you haven't had any traumatic incident, it's typically the small impairments or dysfunctions that we have over time that create that additional stress on the meniscus or an ACL or your ligaments that will lead to a tear or an injury that seems to all of a sudden happen when really it's just these small things that we do over time that lead to those big injuries. But we don't pay attention to it until something bad happens. And so certainly when... So everybody can relate to this. When you say, when you, somebody taught you to squat, they always said, don't let your knees go past your toes. Well, essentially, by stepping with your landing on your toes instead of your heel, every time you do that, you're letting your knee go too far past your toes. Mm-hmm. And that's what's taking all the weight. And the ACL is exactly meant to prevent your your lower leg, your tibia from going too far forward. And then, of course, it doesn't hurt. But until that point where now that the ACL no longer can withstand that stress, As we get older, as we walk poorly, we don't get it. We're not as strong. If we're not focusing on that, you can lead to a tear. And the hard part is once you take on that movement pattern, it's really, really, really hard to change. And so it's just something that, as you said, Colleen, you can't change overnight, but being conscientious of it Mm -hmm. tends to lead people to make those small changes. And when people are motivated to continue to be active and to um, lead healthy, active lives, then that tends to be the motivation for them to make those changes. It's not easy, for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Mm -hmm. Well, and my husband's the example because he's,
1: you know, he's late, mid to late 40s. Oh, I just said late 40s on there. (laughs) Um,
2: But I mean, he's not a spring chicken, but he's not old either. I mean, mean, nowadays, we're living to our 80s and 90s. And I mean, the more that you can take care of your body early, the less the easier our lives will be as we grow older, because I will say well getting old, is not for wimps. And uh, I've seen that <laughs> as I work with some folks in the skilled nursing facilities is that the ones who maintain their function and continue to be active are the ones that regardless of their age, still tend to be to seem to have much more fulfilling lives. Absolutely. So when people come to you, they don't they don't have to be a sports athlete, but you do
1: help sports athletes. Definitely. Um, are a lot of them, I'm sure are health advocates and, and just really concerned about their own bodies and making sure things are good. So I know earlier off air, we talked about runners. Mm -hmm. You see, you help a lot of runners. Yes. And then you help people that wouldn't even be defined as a, somebody that exercises a lot that just wants to make sure they've got proper form and function.
2: Sure. There's a older lady that I work with her and her friend were traveling to Spain this past summer and her friend was really worried. Her friend trains with me, and she was really worried that this lady who's in her early 90s would have difficulty walking around um, over the 10-day trip in Spain. So about three months prior to that, she referred her to me, and we just simply worked on improving how she moved, giving her some exercises to just improve her strength and I can't tell you how rewarding it was, even just a month after for her to say, I was not afraid to go up and down the stairs. Now, she still doesn't do it every day. Sure. But the fact that if she had to do it, if the elevator in her house broke, she could try to do it and not be afraid. And that just meant the world to me. To I actually feel like we're all athletes. It's just the game is life and the better (laughs) equipped we are to approach it. The um the more fun we're gonna have. Because it's true. really just a big game. And if we can have fun, then it allows us to enjoy our lives right. a lot. We more. may
1: not all be running marathons. Sure. But we're all utilizing the same muscles. Yes. We're all pressing up against the same time commitments yep. and different things like that exactly. as well. Yeah. Cool. So tell me, how do people find you? Do they have to be referred to you? Can they come to you just generally? And do you have a studio and all that kind of stuff? Oh,
2: great. So yeah, great question. So the neat rule um, law in the state of Florida is to see a physical therapist, you actually don't have to have a referral for the first 30 days. Now, if you want to use your insurance, it's a whole nother issue. And we can discuss that on, a you know, more on a one-to-one basis. If you're just coming to see me because you want to get stronger, you really don't have any injuries or maybe recovering from an old injury, you know, you would see me more on the basis as a personal trainer. However, what I like is I can utilize my skills that as a physical therapist as well to help improve how you move and get you stronger, um, I'm currently working out at Running Wild. I have an office and a small treatment room over there, and so you can reach me through that. Um, I also have a website called Move Pensacola. It's kind of in transition, but that's one way to get in touch with me and just to find out a little bit more about me and my approach to um, treatment and the kind of folks that I want to really work with. As, as you said, Colleen, or folks who are active and want to continue to be active. And are issuing the advice to stop doing things or to take more rest. A lot of times, there's a gentleman I just was working with. He's having some knee pain. And of course, you know, being 83, the first thing somebody would say is just rest. Well, a lot of times, rest is the worst thing that you can do. What I equate people is if you take a rubber band and you stop pulling on it and you just let it sit and you put it in, in a cold room it just stiffens up and it it doesn't work as well. So my job is to help you figure out how much activity is appropriate so that you can get back to living your life. And then of course, if for some reason, in the first few weeks of your injury or condition, we're not getting better, then I know my role is to help refer you to the right person so that if, if it's something that we're not improving I'm not going to keep prolonging the, the, the pain and we'll make sure that you get set because we want to get you back to what you're doing. So that's yeah. awesome. That's so movepensacola.com. That's okay, the best get in touch Do you want to do a phone number or did they come see sure. you at Running Wild? Yeah, they can come see me at Running Wild, but you can contact me at my cell phone number is um, 850-450-1118. Just leave a brief message who you are and what your concerns are. And you don't actually have to come in right away. We can talk over the phone and see how I might be able to help you or if necessary, refer you to the right place. That's awesome.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much, Lynn, for this information. We're going to get back to talking with you after I introduce our next guest. Um, But I just just think it's a cool combination that we've got today because Lynn does everything to do with your body. And I'm such a big believer in mind, body, spirit. So our next guest is Alyssa Warren. She is with Innovative Direction. And she's going to talk about your mind, which I think is super cool. But I think it's such a, a thing that ties in when you think about improving your your body, I think it definitely helps in other areas too. A lot of what Lynn deals with is probably confidence, you know, and the stronger you are, like the lady that, you know, it was easier for her to just put groceries on a table and helped her prevent any future back pain. Just having that strength probably changed her confidence. And the lady that went to Spain—can you imagine being in your 90s and come back from Spain and tell all your other 90-year-old 90, 90 friends that can't do anything that you just went to Spain and walked upstairs and you know and, and probably took in all the sights and all those kind of things too? So I can imagine improving your body has a big impact on on how you handle your mind. What do you think about that, Alyssa?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think the you know the body and the mind are completely connected. Um, you know, if your body hurts, your mind hurts. And if Mm -hmm. your mind hurts, your body hurts. So Mm -hmm. I absolutely um, work with both. When I see my clients, it's very important that they're physically healthy as well to have a a healthy mind.
1: Yeah. It's probably pretty tough if you've got somebody you're working with on their mind and they just want to let their body go. Like, does that, does that really create a, a bad situation?
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's many studies linked to, you know, letting your body go to, you know, depression, anxiety, and, Other mental health issues. So I always ask the first session, you know, what's our diet like? What are we doing for physical activity? Cool. And uh, nine times out of 10, if they don't have a good diet and uh, doing physical activity, they're, uh, they're feeling pretty bad.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And I can imagine those are great. I know those are hard habits to get out of, but when you make changes in multiple areas, you can actually make much larger changes, right? Absolutely. Cool okay so tell me a little bit about your business I want to hear all about innovative direction why you got into it what you really do and I got we got a great intro Lynn and I both did when you were the sponsor at one of our powerful women meetings and it was kind of cool because alyssa just pulled up a chair and sat down like hey I'm gonna just counsel all of you right now um and um and just had a very personal but so casual conversation about your business I thought that was awesome
0: thank you thank you yeah that was awesome I'm glad people a lot of people took from that and um, but what my business is about is we offer therapeutic services. Um, I specialize in divorce, anxiety, depression, and relationship issues. However, I have brought on a couple of new clinicians who specialize in trauma, um, bipolar disorder, stress. Uh, I just can go on and on. So
1: now we can yeah. have more
0: people in the community. Um, I'm lost. Awesome.
1: <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, how? What kind of clients do you see? What do you, I know? People come to you for those types of issues, but you see a lot of men. You see a lot of women. Do you see families?
0: So what we see is uh, children um, over the age of six, adolescents, and adults. Men and women. Okay. Um, I would say me, I personally I have like half and half when it comes to men and
1: women. So, really? Yes. See, that surprises me. I would think and and, I mean, let me know how, you know, your side of it. But I would think I mean, those are some issues that are tough for everybody. I'm sure everybody deals with things like that. But I know being a female myself, it's easier for me to talk about those issues than it is for my husband to talk about those issues. So is are you seeing more men are opening up to to being aware of that and knowing that that there are solutions out there?
0: Absolutely. I think, um, you know, men typically come in when it's very, very stressful situation where okay. maybe seek um, help a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, however, men, if they only, you know, opened up in real life, like they do in my office, that would be amazing. So it's, it's, it's really cool to see that it's there and the emotions are there and, you know, cause they're just taught to stuff them. Yeah, no, and that I... follows over to adulthood. And yeah, so, but it's absolutely doable. I was
1: going to say we could probably fill a whole room if you wanted to teach a course on how to get your man to open up. (laughs) I would I know I would be there. I'd be front row (laughs) because that's a hard thing. My husband's not like that. My husband and he and I are yin and yang. He is like, you know, he stops work at five o'clock. I don't ever stop work. Um, He handles stress a much different way than I handle stress. But even on the communication side, I'm an open book and he's like a need and no basis only. And um in a lot of situations he's he's I don't find out about something until it is at that breaking point. So that's that's really I see that in my own world. That's interesting that you see that in your in your practice as well.
0: Yeah, and I and that you said, you know, you see that at the breaking point. And that's usually what happened with men. They hold it in, they hold it in they seem, you know, like they can deal with stress and right. But it it'll eventually come out physically. Your your body cannot contain that for you know forever no so,
1: nor shall sh- should it right No. no. yeah so that it has it detrimental effects
0: yeah so it usually comes out in a healthy way you know so of being calm cool collected, and talking about it um but you know you can change your brain and change the way you behave at any time when you're ready that's,
1: so that's really cool thing. i was going to tell you about a book one of my favorite books it's not on one of my top 10 but i love the book called mind hacking okay. i don't know if you've ever heard of that it was written by a guy named sir john Sir John something, Sir John, I can't remember. It starts with an R, maybe. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. But I love that book because, and the the story is really interesting. He was a um, drug dealer. He was a bad guy. He had been arrested, and you know, had a rap sheet a mile long. And um, but he was super, super smart. And he got into coding, and he got into computer hacking, and he hacked into a lot of really, you know, tight. Places And he would go in and he would plant viruses. And I mean, he was a bad dude. And um, he actually um, um, got a credit card in the name of Barack Obama before Barack was nominated for president. So when Barack got nominated, the FBI came knocking on his door. And he flew out the back with the credit card in hand and you're never going to catch me and, you know, just like took off and was underground for a little while, still doing his IT, you know, hacking stuff. They eventually caught him. He went to jail. He went through a lot of therapy and a lot of a lot of life um, counseling, I would bet. And he wrote this book because what he said was he said our minds are so much like a computer. And that if and he was so good at knowing computers and knowing exactly where in the code to put something that would cause reputable harm. Um, but what he realized through this whole process and he had this whole paradigm shift about what if we could do that with our minds but for the better? And so he started, and this book is phenomenal. Just his story is kind of cool. Even his name, he wasn't a, a, a you know, he didn't have a type, like a reason to be called sir, whatever. He just went and changed his name to that and they let him do it. So, I mean, it was a, a kind of a weird, a weird story, but I love the concept about we can, we can change our minds from within. Yes, yes. Is that a lot of the stuff that you talk about in your counseling as well?
0: Yeah. I talk about, you know, retraining, you know, our brains, re- retraining your brain. It's the number one thing I work on because no matter what somebody comes in, for, whether it's relationship issues, bipolar disorder, anxiety, it literally stems from your thought process. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about it is we can retrain it in, in physically um, by changing our thoughts over time. It's, you know, it's just habits. It takes about three weeks or more just depending on the person to really start changing that over the synapses in our brain, um, they die and we get new ones. And mm-hmm. with those new ones, if we have a different thought process, that's what those bad you know habits will go away.
1: Right. So you're treating people with depression. Yes. Um, can you overcome depression by changing your mind or are these people still getting chemically treated as well? Or like how does all, or where does your, where does your practice stop and the other practice steps in kind of stuff as far as treating somebody like that?
0: So huge, huge, I um, probably have four hours to talk about this.
1: Oh, great. <laughs> hey, I don't have plans. I'm good. What I,
0: what I see clinically is most people who have been diagnosed with anxiety and depression don't have anxiety and depression. They have situational anxiety or depression. And what has been happening is they're taking, you know, Wellbutrin, Prozac, u etc. et cetera. Um, and then they'll feel, you know, good for a little bit, but that doesn't last forever because medication wears off. Sure. Where they're just really need the tools and techniques to deal with life obstacles and stressors. And once they have those, they have, you know, a, a much better success rate of getting through depression and anxiety. And there's just thousands and thousands of studies on this.
1: That's amazing. And, and honestly, my own personal story, I was diagnosed with depression a long time ago. I, I probably wasn't depressed. I was sad. I was a high school girl and, you know, there was drama and, you know, whatever, whatever. And I have you know, trash from baggage from early years, stuff like that. But, and I was chemically treated and I was on, I remember going to my doctor at one point and asking him when I could get off the med and he kind of looked at me and he kind of shook his head and said like, you know, silly girl, you're, you're, you never get off meds for depression. Like it doesn't, you don't ever get off. That was the the medical, you know, stance at that time was just like, no, we're treating this because we're not treating what's really causing the Absolutely. symptoms of depression. And, and there was a point in my life where I did build some other tools um, and built some more confidence and some more, you know, ways to deal with some of that. And I'm not medicated for it anymore. And I look back on that and wonder, you know, should I really have ever been medicated or did I just need the tools in order to deal with life? So that's a lot of stuff that you help people with.
0: Absolutely. You know, just like when I take the holistic approach too, because really there's, it's about the well being of your body and your mind and you know, polluting it with pharmaceuticals isn't always the best way.
1: Yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> kidding. And we've already got, and and honestly, everybody's life, I look back at, you know, people have asked me, you know, my struggles and stuff and I have them and, you know, I think, I think we all have them though. I mean, life today is so difficult. Is there anybody that doesn't face the kind of stresses, um, that everybody else faces or, you know, or have we pushed ourselves into an area where we kind of stay more numb from some of those kind of things?
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, it goes both ways, really. You know, people, we do have a lot of the same stressors and, then you know, the people who stay numb eventually, you know, just like we talked about it, that's going to come out of them, you know, one time or another. And so it's it's good to reach out for help. The, the things that we know um, from a psychological perspective are things I, I tell us to everybody we should learn in middle school we would be a much better, healthier society if we did, mm-hmm. but we don't. And so, you know, getting those tools and techniques are, it just can change someone's life.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was probably in my thirties before I really got those tools. And I mean, I can imagine, I know what I've accomplished now. What could I have done if I would have had those tools much younger? Absolutely. So do you um, treat a lot of children?
0: I do. I actually specialize in children. Oh, cool. Um, so I, I have a couple of children right now. Um, but we what we do with them is we call what we call play therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's same approaches for adults but just in a more fun manner you know something that children can understand and um, children really are, you know, they're sponges. So they really mm-hmm. can adapt to it. And this is, I just feel so good when I have children and see that they have these tools that, you know, that we did not get as good that we should have gotten.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want to share um, anything that maybe a, a mother that's listening, if she's struggling with, you know, something with her child, is there one that you want to throw out there and share? I'm I know sure. a lot of these are not like, you can't just, you know, apply these to the masses kind of stuff.
0: I can do something a little general. you know okay. just a very, very simple you know tool or technique that I use is you know, you know how we're speaking about stuffing emotions with little boys and, and little girls too is to start teaching them the different emotions, you know around four or five. you know, even like emotion like frustration, that may seem very big, but it really if you start using these deeper emotions and you know, go from start with ten, then add 15, then add 20, you know just you know according to how your child, is receptive to it, um, the more emotions they know, the better they can express themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, then you can help them better because it's so hard because they're like, I don't know, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, but Mm -hmm. if they have
0: the words and the verbiage and they understand that can just change, you know, the family dynamics just in a huge way.
1: Right. I think that's super cool. I deal with that, with what I do with the special needs children that I don't oversee. I manage staff, but I Get involved in lots of stuff that are going on with the kids. And most of the kids that we deal with are um, there, there's a fear mentality, there's anxiety, mm-hmm. frustration. And those are three different emotions that we as adults, we understand what it feels like the difference between fear and anxiety or, you know, frustration. But as a child, you don't, you're not prepared to deal with it. You just, all of a sudden, your body feels different and you just can't, you're just one, you know, not sure of, of, why or you know what's gonna happen next. So I think that's super cool that you help kids understand what it feels like and and that it's okay when it feels like that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah
0: it's just it's amazing. And you know, you just they'll come to you because they have the words and it's
1: mm-hmm. a great mm-hmm. thing to start with. That's very cool. Very cool. All right. So tell our audience to if they want to come see you, do you have to be referred um to come see you? Do you take insurance? Do you not take insurance? Hours location, all that kind of stuff.
0: Okay, so you can get a hold of me by my website, AlyssaHelps.com. My office line is on there. All my social media is on there. I'm also a blogger, and I blog weekly on health, wealth, success, love, relationships, etc. Um, for those people who do not want to come to therapy, there's. I always try to help everybody. Um, referrals, I do not need referrals. Um, when it comes to insurance, I... And private pay. However, if somebody wants to use their insurance, we will work with that, and just so they can still get the help that they need. The Very important cool. thing to know about insurance is it is not private, and I tell this to everybody. Yes, you have to be diagnosed, and we have to write notes on you every week that yep. you come in. Um, so it's up to the the person, you know, whether they want to do that or not.
1: Right. So it's not. And I think that is a misnomer in the industry that people think I go to a therapist or a counselor and they have to keep it private unless I've murdered somebody. And that's really not the case. It's not. You it. have to, if somebody comes to you and says, I need this client's file, you have to hand them over everything you've got.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah and they can do it at any time. Yep. And so, yeah, the the general public does not know that. And I try mm-hmm. to spread that, you know, education to everybody because, you know, people do, they sit down and they trust you. And they, I feel like that it has to be known if you use insurance.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. So by when they go, when you go private pay, you don't have anybody to hand those records Nobody. over to. Wow, that's a cool point. I never thought of it like that. Wow, that's it's kind of actually worth the extra money to keep it, your life. It really is. You know, I look <laughs> sealed. At it like,
0: you know, we pay for massages and right. nails done. Or- you know, it's just another thing for your mental you know, health or well-being. And yeah. It's it's worth it. It's, like, yeah. it's an investment in yourself.
1: Exactly. I used to sell life insurance, and that was always one of the things when you apply for life insurance. They want to pull all the, rec- all the records of any doctor you've seen in the last, I don't know, year, two years, five years, 10 years, whatever they decide they want based on whatever person's conditions have. And there's been, I don't know how many times somebody's gotten popped for, okay, they told a therapist that they smoked cigarettes but they never told us they smoked cigarettes and you know wow, and it's yeah. just I those think about that. I know those kind of things just from a in, a life insurance perspective but imagine what else the health insurance companies are looking for and you know if we get out of the situation where, where there's no pre diagnosis yeah. or you know pre-existing conditions then that opens up the doors to a lot of people to possibly not have coverage or have a condition not covered that's a lot exactly of stuff. how
0: I explain it, too. I mean, this is going to be on your record. This could stop you from, you know, life insurance or um, a job or getting a mm-hmm. done in some states. So,
1: mm-hmm. it's a big wow. Deal. Yeah, that is a really big deal. Really big deal. All right. So I'm going to bring Lynn back in, in the conversation and we're going to talk a little bit more, too. And I think this is super cool how the two of y'all do complement each other. Um, so I want to know, you guys are both successful in business. Lynn, how, how long have you been in business now? I
2: started business in December of 2014. Okay, good. So you've got several years Mm -hmm. and how about you, Alyssa? What, When did you start?
0: Um, I would say about five years ago, but I just opened this new company in in January of this year.
1: Okay, cool. So some changes for you. And I know Lynn. Over the years, I've known you longer than I've known Alyssa, and Mm -hmm. I know you've gone through some changes. I have. So, um, so whoever I'm going to throw this out to either one of you um, to answer. But talk about how to handle change. I know that's a big deal for a lot of people. um, The psychological side of it, but then also the reality of a business owner. So. Either one of you name a time where in your business where you've had to deal with change and and how and how you handled it or maybe didn't handle it. Do you want to go first, Melissa? Um,
0: I, it, what pops in my mind right away is you know change. I always tell people, and I think about this for myself too, is you know every second is changing, you know, every minute, every day, and nothing, you know, stays good forever, and nothing stays bad forever. Mm -hmm. And so just having that, you know, self thought is very helpful. And I always think, you know, flow down the river, don't try to fight Mm -hmm. upstream, because it's just going to hurt more. So you either problem solve the problem, accept it or let it or let it go. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
0: it's just more of a flowing situation and, and dealing with life and not Fighting it because that's where you know you start getting angry or you know anxious or worried, and it's mm-hmm. always a problem every day to solve. So, yeah, no kidding. That's just, that's just part of the human experience. And
1: Alyssa, you've had to deal with change with now doing this new version of your business.
0: Oh, absolutely. Has yeah. that been?
1: Is it easy for you? No. Okay. Good. <laughs>
0: good. I was
1: so happy you said that. <laughs> no,
0: I mean, you know, I I started on my own. I. I luckily um, was with a company where I, I had my own business. I was a contractor, but still, it's a whole different ball game when you're you're running your own company. And, sure, um, there's a lot of problem solving. Speaking of problem solving, but you just have to keep going because if you don't try, then you know you don't you're not going to succeed, and you're going to have failures, and you're going to have to. You know, move your thoughts in a different direction because one way is not working, you got to change it to another way, and yeah. that's that's kind of the fun of it. You know, I always think it's way better than sitting somewhere nine to five. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Tell me
1: when I can have lunch or not. Right, right, yeah. And I love, um, I like to think that I embrace change, but I'm kind of the same way too. I tend to be a perfectionist. It tends to be really hard for me to change what I'm doing. It's it's not something that comes natural and is easy, and this always brings along a little bit of stress. Um, but there's been a number of instances in my life where I've had to deal with with change. And sometimes I've jumped into things, just jumped right in and not been, you know, not even taken a moment to kind of prepare for what I was getting into. Other times I've done a lot of preparation to get into that moment of change. So I've kind of done both different sides. And I don't know that either one of them really made it not made a difference, but but changed my outlook. change in general but like you said you've got to deal with it anyway so you know you're 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 gonna have to deal with the change so might as well not let it be such a distractor or such a you know a hard obstacle to get to get by as well yeah how about you Lynn what's your what's your story you want to share about change
2: yeah so um last year I remember it's an interesting to hear Alyssa talk about feeling frustrated and anxiety and anxious and a little bit angry and I remember, I went through that last year and, and realized that this it was a situation and not necessarily any specific thing that was happening. And it made made me come to the awareness that I wasn't where I wanted to be in my business. And so I made a change to separate from the folks that I was working with, and not because there was anything particularly wrong with all, any of us, but just it wasn't working for me. And it was probably really scary because I think things were okay, but they weren't. I knew I wasn't apt to my uh, working at my full potential. And so I made a change. And the biggest thing that I found was I recently read a book about called Rising Strong. And one of the suggestions in the book was that in order to succeed, you need a safe place to fail. And what I'm really trying to do with that information is surround myself with people who I feel safe talking to when I have a problem and I'm not able to solve it. And that's really scary, even just that, to admit that you don't, that you need help. I think most of us are type A and we want to feel like we can do everything by ourselves. But obviously, no man is an island. We, we are succeed through the help of others more often than not. And so, A, just make sure that I'm surrounded. If I feel stuck and frustrated, realizing that I don't have to be there by myself to reach out for help. And the other thing that I tend to do, like you, Colleen, is I want everything to be perfect. And so I have this phrase that I came up with when I first started my business, which was be brave, be better, do good. And what I found was I, I'm so focused on being better, i.e. perfect, that's probably Mm -hmm. what I mean. And so I got rid of the better for now. And my current focus is just do brave and do good. And if I kind of apply that to everything that I'm doing, even if I make a mistake, whether it's a planned mistake or something that I stepped into without planning for it, um, that there's something that's going to come out of it if I decide to make it a good situation, even if it's not necessarily positive. Um, Because as you said, change is constant. And how we approach this is really gonna determine what our outcome is from that. And I don't know that anybody particularly likes change. It's not comfortable. We always tell our runners to embrace that. And when they can embrace how they approach it, that they're gonna come out stronger in the end. So
1: Right yeah. And it was interesting, another guest that I had interviewed in this room um in a prior show, she talked about a lot of what you just talked about, Lynn, and, and dealing with change. And she talked about like problems that come up. And sometimes me as a perfectionist, I'm the one that's going to research and I'm going to prepare and I'm going to, you know, play the scenarios through my head and, you know, and do all those good things that you're supposed to do. But there's a point where there's a limit where you need to cut it off. And she used the example, like if there was an ant that walked across this table that we're sitting at right now, we could Google Like how to get rid of an ant and figure out what's the best way to make an ant trap and what are we going to do when we catch the ant and, and, you know, what types of materials would be best for catching this ant? Or we could just pick up a thing and whack the ant, you know? And so I think sometimes we do get caught up in that, you know, and and that struggle with the the perfectionist, but yet, you know, you want to have, you want to be good and you want to project a great image. And, and I do think the second point that you made about women, I think sometimes we don't, We don't want to admit that we're not where we want to be. You know, it's really, really hard. I know tomorrow I'm accepting an award for where are my sisters? They're giving me their entrepreneur award. And it's the hardest thing. Y'all probably didn't even know I was even awarded this because it's been really hard for me to even admit, like to talk about it. Because it's kind of one of those things that's like, okay, I'm not I'm not where I want to be. Like but I'm getting an award. So how do I how do I process that mentally? So I'm going to ask for some free counseling from <laughs> Melissa. Like right now, if she wants to chime in on this story. But how do you balance perfectionism Ooh. with things like change and the fact that the clock's ticking and I don't need to spend 12 hours thinking about this project that's coming up that's going to change or, you know, it's just that it's the ant. Pick up the, you know, something and, and whack it. Move on. How do you handle that?
0: Right. So you know, I would say perfectionism is at least four sessions, four sessions.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> to be perfect, can we do five? <laughs> but I think, you know,
0: to to have the awareness that you're a perfectionist is key Because if we don't have the awareness, then we can't change it. Um, you know, the second thing is to try to work on being mindful, like just sit and think, like, okay, oh, this is why I'm getting this, and then be your best friend. What would you tell your a friend or your daughter mm-hmm. or your aunt? Mm-hmm. You know, if they were going through the same you wouldn't say probably the same things that you're saying to yourself. I never would. So it's taking that. That's a huge piece view, of advice. Yeah. And just, you know, really appreciating you.
1: Yeah. That's great. That's really cool. I'm going to start implementing that. I'm, if I start talking in the third person, y'all correct me. <laughs> <laughs> what are some other struggles? Um, I deal with um, not having enough time to like manage everything in, in our world and our class last night was about um calendar block time blocking task um grouping so like if you're going to make phone calls put all your phone calls together if you're going to run errands put all your errands together what tools do you guys use in your own worlds to balance time because i'm assuming you guys have the same limitations on time that that i do or do you get everything done every single day Ha.
2: <laughs> it's a lie. I'm still waiting for the one no that does because then that would be somebody that doesn't exist in this world. Yeah, I, I don't know Colleen I feel that's an everyday challenge for me I am recognizing when I'm being pulled in too many directions I get that same anxious feeling and it lets me kind of now I'm learning to recheck myself and ask what are my priorities and there's a book that I'm just started reading called The One Thing. And it does talk about time blocking. And one, of the, I used to be a list person. And it it says, instead of making lists, make success lists. So are the things on those lists going to really lead to my success or just make me feel like I'm checking things off of, off of a list? And that was really empowering because I kind of shied away from lists. And what I've tried to focus on is like, what's the one thing that I can do today that will make my work easier or something in my work unnecessary? What's the one thing I can do in my family and my personal life that can kind of lead to success? And um, and trying to get at least that one thing done a day. Um, and not that I've been succeeding because it's been something I've just taken on, but it helps me to reflect on, you know, am I getting the things done to help me be successful? And most of the time, honestly, I'm not. And letting myself reflect on that and say, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? Unfortunately, not in the field where most of the things I'm dealing with are life and death. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have the opportunity to reflect back and see how can I, I can improve. I think people appreciate authenticity to kind of go back to your perfection mm-hmm. question, and I, I feel like people want to know that we're all having the same struggles, and um, and that's okay. And if we don't get everything done, we get the key things done that are important to us. Then hopefully that. That's a success in and of itself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How about you, Alyssa? What do you do to manage your day?
0: Um, I am a lister. <laughs> Are and you? I am. So okay. um, it does work for me. Um, I have one at my home office and I have one at my office. Mm-hmm. Um, but I paper lists? Paper. I really believe in the hand to paper, mm-hmm. you know, to getting things done. And I like cool. um, crossing it off. I do too. I'm <laughs> so very tactile. About that yes. Just amazing me yes and i like turning the page with all the cross mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um but I, I do understand what we is saying too you want them to be important they just can't be you know just little things that aren't really going to get you where you need to be so that so the thought of having okay is this going to help me yes or it shouldn't be on the list mm-hmm. um monday through thursday i am pretty structured throughout my day i know what i'm doing morning to night mm-hmm. um However, life is not like that. So if, you know, Mm -hmm. something happens, you know, just like I talked about earlier, just try to flow with it and not get caught up in it. Um, And then Friday through Sunday, I really flow. (laughs) But I Mm -hmm. always try to take at least one whole day off um, with having such a new business um, and just no emails, you know, no phone Mm -hmm. calls, no, no working on a blog, anything.
1: So. Mm-hmm. so, you're doing a lot more, you're time blocking, but your blocks are bigger. Your Monday through Friday is a big block, and then it's blocked down in between. And yeah. then Friday's more kind of catch up, relax, rethink, kind of reflect, all that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, absolutely. Meet yeah.
0: People, market, network. Fridays are just, you know, leave it open to do what needs to be done for the business at the end of the
1: week. Mm-hmm. Good. I talked last night in the power up class about Stephen Covey. I don't know if either mm-hmm. one of you have seen his um, four quadrants. The urgent and yes. important mm-hmm. quadrants, and um, I didn't realize that I kind of tweaked it um, until I went back and looked back at his. But um, in his, the boxes are in a different order. But on mine, I literally take an eight and a half by eleven sheet, and I've done this for years and years and years. I've gotten out of the habit, and I'm getting back into it again because I am a list a list um, person. Um, but you take the take a piece of paper and you just draw a, a, a cross across it, so that you've got four quadrants, and then the top left is urgent and important. Those are things that have deadlines and that are important to your success. And then the quadrant that would be right below it, so on the left-hand side of the paper, the bottom half is uh, not urgent but important. And that would be some of the stuff, it sounds like, Lynn, that you're talking about that don't necessarily have deadlines, but they're instrumental into getting you to where you need to be. And so for years, what I would do is when I wrote my list out, I would write the task in the quadrant that it fell into. And on the right-hand side is the stuff that really should be at the end of the day or I've gotten everything else done kind of stuff. And so in the top one, it's, it's, um, it's not important, but it's urgent. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom right one is not important or not urgent at all. So on the right hand side, what I would do is I would fold my paper so that only the left hand side showed Mm. and that that's how I would work through my list. And then I wouldn't flip over to the other side until I had time or availability to kind of do it. And for me, it was something that was really cool because it makes you when you put something on your list. Mm. In the past, I always just wrote things on a list and there was no like prioritization to it or there was no, you know, what's the difference between picking up groceries that, you know, have a deadline or you know, writing a thank you note that I could do next week. They were just one through 10 and I would go through each one of them and cross them off and get them done. Whereas putting them in those quadrants made me rethink how essential is this task to what I'm really trying to do so that it would go in each different quadrant based on on the the importance or the urgency
2: of that task. So you would do that every day?
1: I did. Yeah, I did. And literally, like, even if I had a smaller piece of paper, I would still fold it in quarters mm-hmm. and I would draw the little X on it or the you know, cross on it mm-hmm. so that I could put it in whichever category. Yeah. Um, I also was a big believer. You'll like this, Alyssa. Um, I was a big believer in what I called a um, to-done list. Okay. And I would have my to-do list on one side of my desk. On the other side of my desk would be a running list of everything that I got done that day. So I, some things would move from the to-do list over to the, the to-done list if it had started on my to-do list. But the to-done list also captured all those other tasks during the day that just come up that you weren't planning on doing, that never got to your to-do list, but you did them. Right. So, you know, that errand that you weren't planning on doing that somebody called you last minute and said, stop by and get this or whatever, and you did it, um, I would give myself credit. And every time mm-hmm. I would cross something off, I would go, to done and i would do this little like little chime in my head i know because i was always i, I needed the crossing out right. was was visually motivating for me yeah. but also the audio of saying ta done um, was like something for me and i still it's funny if i'm driving and i'm thinking of something you know or i'll get something done or i'll get you know i'll check my phone every once in a while and there's an email that came through that something completed i'll still sing the little ta done in my head. Um, Or I'll even do it out loud sometimes too. But that was always something that helped me because it was like another motivator um, to try to help me
0: um, get there. Everybody's so different too. So, you know, one thing might not work for somebody, it'll work for somebody else.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And then go back to that. If you haven't tried it and you don't know, you try it. And if it doesn't work, then you move on, right? Right. I mean, that's the other thing too. So yeah, it's neat to hear again that mind-body connection of the crossing out and in your head. It feels really good. So it reinforces mm-hmm. that same action. So, mm-hmm. And I would uh, think we change over time. Things sure. that worked for me when I was
1: in my 30s mm-hmm. don't work for me later on, right. you know, or, or my mind. I've actually undone the positive side of some of the, the things that I used to do. So mm-hmm. now I have to find different ways to do things to kind of trick my mind. Kind of, it's always a battle for me. It's always a battle between me and my mind.
0: Right. You know, it's
1: not necessarily a battle between me and other people. It's mm-hmm. always, I've always, it's an internal thing for sure. me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And for everything, really. Yeah, Is it? exactly. Okay, good. Right? I don't feel yeah. so alone. Well,
1: speaking of that, do y'all do anything to for yourselves to motivate yourselves daily? I mean, do you listen to affirmations? Do you read scripture? Do you get up in the morning and, and meditate or exercise? What do y'all do on a daily basis that really makes you maybe nothing you know super significant but something that if you didn't do every single day you wouldn't be as successful as you are now do y'all have something like that
0: uh, yeah i have several things i um i listen to podcasts so i listen to business podcasts i listen to inspirational podcasts uh, i read a lot i i have courses and i call them my my mental health mm-hmm, um, my mm-hmm. well being um, just to be out in nature and absolutely, and, except for the month of August because it's so hot, Ooh, but yeah, um, <laughs> besides that, yeah. So just a bunch of little things and, um, I just, you know, going back to the mind and body, you know, doing yoga and writing, it's just, you know, just feel so good after and I think it's so important for everybody just to find their thing.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Do you have any favorite quotes or mantras that you really run through your head a lot? Um,
0: it's a Steve Jobs one. And I believe it's, it's do different or be different because I know I changed it up on my own mm. and I just don't know which I changed it to. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Kind of too different and do you know, different. Be different. Be
1: different. That's so, yeah, cool. Yeah,
0: because I find that a lot, you know, even when I see people in my office is they keep doing the same thing over and over until mm. they come see me. So Isn't that it, the
1: definition of insanity? Right. That's what they say. <laughs> uh-huh. so,
0: yeah. So it's just like, no, do something different. Be different. Just even if it's going for a walk for 10 minutes or going to a different restaurant or a coffee shop or anything. Just do something different. Change up your routine and you'll start seeing change.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's huge. We, you know, it's funny with the kids at um at the school, then they're all special needs. They're autism or they're learning disabled, but we are constantly doing redirection.
0: Okay. Yeah, and that's yes. exactly mm-hmm. what
1: you're talking about. It's like something's going on, redirect. Something's going on, redirect. Yes. Something's going on, redirect. And we're constantly redirecting. I mean they need structure and they need um consistency. But you can still provide construction, uh, um, um, security, and and structure in a constantly redirecting type of world.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So you're, you're flowing. <laughs>
1: exactly, you're still flowing, right? You're not you're not going upstream. How about you, Lynn? Do you what do you do daily?
2: I think the things that help center me are um, I started reading a lot more again. I think that's really helped to get me focused on the reading that I find in a lot of business books, but a lot of it applies to your personal life as well. So. As I said the one thing that's something that I've really tried to focus on this past um these past few weeks and exercise for me is just a positive motivator I always no matter I always people always ask how do you get up in the morning and I never want to get up in the morning but I've never regretted getting up early and exercising I've regretted not going a lot but oh, yeah I've always regretted I've never regretted getting up and exercising and I always try to surround myself with positive people for me that works I I feel like I tend to not focus on myself or when they help lift me up. So I think those three things, just reading a lot more and and applying that to my personal life, Um, just focusing on the one thing that can help me be successful in every day and just exercise and surrounding myself with positive people. Yeah, the The
1: positive people. I mean, that's straight from John Maxwell. That's the law of the Mm -hmm. lid. Absolutely. He talks about how you're never going to be more successful than the people you surround yourself mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. but you'll always be as successful as the people you surround yourself sure. with. So if you surround yourself with negative people, you'll always live in a negative world. Mm-hmm. Um, and his um, theory is you look at the five people that you're closest with mm-hmm. and their incomes are probably in line with your income. Oh, and that's an interesting um, exercise to go through is to, you know, just think about your five closest friends and what is their income. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm technically limiting myself to ah, interesting. Um, as yeah. well. But yeah, I love that by John Maxwell, The law of the lid. I think that's really, that's really cool. Does that have some psychological um ties to it as well? I'm sure it does. Of course.
0: Yeah. I mean, because if you're sitting there and just negativity and negativity, you're going to fall into it. That's going to become a learned behavior of yourself. So mm-hmm. if you're, around positive people even if you start off not positive you're eventually going to pick up those behaviors absolutely we, are, we tend to pick up lots of people's behaviors so <laughs> especially you know when we're not aware so but yeah so i completely agree with that and i can i can really see the the income factor and you know just to even be surrounded by successful people mentally financially etc is just you know just a healthier lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely and it's probably a lot more fun. Who wants the I mean I've already got enough drama in my life. I don't need <laughs> five other people's drama in my life too, but right. I do believe we're a vict- uh, we're a uh, product of our our environment. Yes. You know, so that's physical environment, some of it's genes too, but you know, I really believe we a lot of that can change just by what we surround ourselves mm-hmm. with. Yeah. So,
0: it's amazing when you start getting negative people out of your life how much your life can change.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's true. You don't ever think about it like that. But all of a sudden you look back and go, wow, yeah, there hasn't been as much drama or stuff going on. So,
2: yeah, absolutely. There's a quote a friend of mine told me years ago, and and she said uh, she was struggling in a personal relationship. And her grandmother told her, she's like, you know, when you're standing up on a table, it's much easier for people to pull you down than for you to help pull them up. And that's not to say that we shouldn't help others. But at the same time, if you're struggling as well it's so much easier to be pulled down than it is for you to try to help lift somebody up. And you know, that I think that applies to all of us in our personal and professional lives. And the other story I think of, and I'm not sure exactly if it's true, but there's supposedly some sort of Australian crab that when they're all caught in the pot and some crabs trying to crawl to the top, they all try to pull the other one down. I thought that's a fascinating wow. allegory to, I've heard When you're that not analogy. with the right animal, you know, right. that some, there are people, unfortunately, who maybe not necessarily intentionally, but through their energy do bring you down or you allow them to, to affect you in that way. And so for me, it's definitely, that's a negative motivator. And I've become better at recognizing it and learning mm-hmm. to step away from that. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm.
1: I know growing up, I was always the girl that dated the guy that needed help. You know, I was, always like the
2: fixer. <laughs> right. And
1: so hopefully I've outgrown that, but I think you're absolutely right. I, I call it the law of evenness mm-hmm. where, and, and you guys have probably heard me talk about this with PWGC is I believe that women fall under an evenness type of playing field. Like they're more comfortable when they feel like that they're all even, like that there's no, not that they're against competition or that competition doesn't help them, but that they function much better when they feel evenly acknowledged and evenly fulfilled in whatever arena. But when one woman does rise above, because somebody will get more successful or somebody will create a better skill set or, you know, be a better person, they'll rise above. And then one of two things will happen. Either the whole crowd will pull that woman down or that one woman will pull the whole crowd up. Mm -hmm. So it's maintaining that same law of evenness where I think of men tend to not do that. They tend to have more of a linear type of a fashion. They're comfortable playing sports like football, that there's only one quarterback and there's only one, you know, whatever, whatever. I don't even, I'm not a football person, but, um, you know that there's a natural hierarchy and that and that that's okay and that's predetermined and they will still continue to try to be the one that they want to be but they acknowledge that there's only one that can be in that mm-hmm. in that position where i think women kind of do it a little bit different and kind of feel okay if they're even with with others as well and that kind of goes to what you're talking about Lynn about surrounding yourself with
2: like-minded positive people i want to be with that group that wants to rise to the with Absolutely. that lady. You know? So yeah. but there are those other groups that don't. and They don't. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. That's not who I want to be exactly. affiliated with.
1: Well, like yeah. you said, recognizing it is mm-hmm. probably the key thing is just mm-hmm. b- being able to see that from afar before you get pulled into the whole drama of it because right. nobody intends to pull everybody down. Right. You don't notice you've done that until it's after they, sure. you know, after the um, whatever's happened kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's the internal hurt or jealousy or envy mm-hmm. and then is projected on that person when really that's it's just 100% within that person and it's something they need to work
1: on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, well, I've been so excited to have you ladies in the studio today. I'm just going to give you another 10 seconds to say how people can find you so that they remember um, where you're at. And we're going to have some information too in the show notes. So anybody that's listening can check on the website and see direct contact information for either of these ladies. But Lynn, go ahead and give us your your quick, what you want, who you want to see and how they find you kind of spiel. Sure.
2: Thank you again for this opportunity, Colleen. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So easiest way to get in touch with me is just check out my website, movepensacola.com or give me a call at 850-450-1118. And once again, we talked a lot about the older clients that I have, but I'm currently working with the cross country team at Washington High School. The coach reached out to me to help enhance his uh, training program and help their athletes get better, not just as runners, but as a well-rounded athlete. So you certainly don't have to be at the higher end of the age spectrum. I like working with with folks from all ages. The key is you just have to want to be proactive in your own care and learn how to make yourself better. So if those two things fall under your purview, then I'm the right person to help you get there. Um, yeah, and so hopefully I'll hear from you, or if you know somebody who falls into under those categories. Don't hesitate to have them reach out to me as well. And uh, if it's not me, then I'll help fi- help you find the right person.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's Lynn Verant with the Movement Clinic. And now, Alyssa, tell us what you're looking for and how people can find you as well.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. Thank you, too, Kelly, for mm-hmm. the opportunity. And um, AlyssaHelps.com, A-L-Y-S-S-A. I always have to spell it because it says Alyssa's with I's. Oh, there's many more spellings <laughs> than that.
1: <Yes. laughs>
0: And, uh, and my direct office line is 850 583 1342. And I just kind of want to end and you know, say that if you are struggling or you just have stress or you can't get over, seek out help. And it's so nice to talk to an unbiased person who doesn't know your whole life or if they're going to be very opinionated and judgmental. Uh, it really your friends your mean life.
1: well, but mm. they're not helping you, are they? Well, they're biased.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, your, your therapist is not.
1: That's kind of cool. I love that. All right, cool. So thank you again, ladies, for being here. You are listening to Women in Leadership by Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, and it is sponsored by Pensacola Business Radio X. And if you've enjoyed listening to this broadcast, please check out our other shows as well. I think this is show number 17 or 18, I think so far. I've lost track of where we're at um, but we've enjoyed doing this and I always have amazing guests in the studio and I just think it's amazing to spotlight women in business and really give them an opportunity to share what they're doing. I think so many of us, like we've talked about today, we share some of the same issues and if we would just open up those lines of communication a little bit more, we could really be there to really help each other out. So that's what we like to do with Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. If you're listening and you want to get more involved with our organization, check out our website com, or check out our Facebook page Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast and if you want to check out our conference which we are super excited gearing up for as well on October 19th please check that out on a Facebook at, under Pursue Your Passion Conference and we hope you tune in to hear our show again and with um, without any further ado everybody have a great rest of your afternoon and we will um, hear from you in a couple weeks thank you so much